I think we're losing good material in our pre-show rambling. Yeah. Do you think we should just, you know, like start recording? Yeah. Cue the intro music. Oh crap! <laughs> Welcome to Go Write Yourself, the only podcast dedicated to telling you to get off your fat ass and stop listening to this podcast, so you can go write yourself. There we go. All right. There you go. Today on Go Write Yourself, oh, if only you, I had uh, an eraser for life. Yeah. What are we talking about? Uh, we're talking about editing. And over-editing. And over-editing. How do you know when you're over-editing? Well, a lot of the times uh, you've driven yourself insane, driving your pencil into the paper into a fine nub as your fingers begin to bleed. Do you still write paper. with a pencil? Sometimes, yeah. What is the appeal of a pencil? Um, I think there's a very tactile appeal to uh, writing in a pencil with a pencil in a notebook. And stuff. There's a lot of things I get out of it. I have a favorite um, style of pen that I mm. use. Really? Yeah. It's it's a it's like a very um, it's a very like bloody uh, point. Uh, no, point no seven. This, uh, huh? There's no swearing on the podcast. No swearing on the podcast. I've already swore. Um, but pencil's good because you can rub rub. Yeah, you can rub out mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll make a lot of mistakes. I also make a lot of mistakes. But my paper normally looks, you know, covered in black ink and... I meant in life. Oh. <laughs> well, me too. If only I had uh, an eraser for life. life. Yeah. If only my life had been written in a pencil, then I wouldn't be so screwed. Here we go. There's your pitch. There's your next movie. <laughs> Let's do it. Come on. All right. right so All right. Let's... Listen, Jim. He's got an eraser. But it's for life. Okay, okay. I'll put that in the bank of possible movies that you and or our listeners um, can write. And uh, Here, I've got <laughs> another question for you. Ever be involved in. Yes. And <laughs> no one will ever, ever, ever do. Uh, here, I've got another question for you. When can you tell when you're overcorrecting or not? Hmm. Yeah. Well... I should, a... I should get my mum on as a special oh, authority yeah. on overcorrecting people. <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice to your mum. Oh, she's just not nice to people in general. Oh, God. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. explains a lot. I, but here's the thing. No, it does actually explain a lot <laughs> because even though I'm being facetious, yes. I do credit my perfectionism and by extension the quality of my style to, to having grown up with an overcritical parent. Okay. Because it kind of trains your mind to look for fault <laughs> in case you get in trouble. <laughs> and then you just um, apply that mind to other disciplines like writing. Do so, you do that while you're writing? Like, it, does that happen while you're writing? Do you think, do you, or like, that's what? That's a really good question. Tell me about your editing process. Well, you know what I would, there's the editing process I would like to have, which is just get all the material in there more or less organized in the right way. Um, I think a lot of people want and that. Then, and then go back and edit it afterwards. And yeah. writers who are really prolific tend to do it that way. Uh, but yeah, I can not, I've managed to get myself a long way from the way that I used to be, but I used to be to the point where even if I was in flow, 
I'd find it so scary that I'd like skip back and start editing um, and I found the create. Now I really love those lucid times where you're just getting it all out on the page and you're not editing too much. And I go back and edit later, earlier. But I think I would have, I've got so much unfinished stuff that would be out by now if I didn't over edit. And I would say that even, um, yeah, I'm pretty painstaking with my editing. Well, I didn't you, fully answer your question, but I no. guess I'll expand. Well, I, th I think I think what I thought, what I the, yeah. the sense I got was that like I mean you, you know what Tolkien did. Tolkien would write and write and write until he ran into a wall, and then kind of loop back on himself and uh, basically start from where he had started that day and uh, write again until he like found a different direction or oh, a way cool. to kind of get around that wall. So. It's basically these like these circles that are like moving forward and doubling back and moving forward and doubling mm. back. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then once I've got something in pretty good shape, um, I'll go back. I'll edit it so many times because I'm always trying to get this effect. Like if you've left butter outside the fridge and you get some toast and you get it right out the toaster. And it just spreads like sh that's what I, like so easy. That's how I want people to. That's how I want my writing to read, and mm, that's yeah. a pretty painstaking Smooth process. Buttered if toast. something, yeah, exactly. If something doesn't feel good to me to read, I, mm. I, it really annoys me. Yeah, like I'm very sensitive to how the words feel and reverberate in my being. And then it's quite interesting when you get someone else to read out loud, which I highly recommend you Don't do. Don't get all artsy about it now. Like, get someone else to read your non-fiction and even fiction out loud to you yeah. with you having it in front of you because then you'll see that not everyone reads it the same way. And that that's worth... that. Like, that's definitely yeah, worth it. Yeah, an hour of getting a person to do that is worth five hours of you editing on your own. You'll improve it so much. So that was really helpful for me for letting go of over-editing stuff because I'll just go, do you know what? I'll just, you know, get my buddy who's doing that kind of thing for me. I'll just wait until then and get him to read it. I, and at first, it had to be in really good shape for me to hand it off. You know, before we get up too far away from this, uh, well, not, not you don't have to stop, but, like, I was going to say that, like, I said, because I write uh, video scripts, mm -hmm. so uh, I do have, like, the one guy uh uh read my script uh on the uh on youtube um oh does he yeah he'll go and uh he'll narrate uh the the script that i give him uh you know once or twice every week and uh so i get to hear that I've heard one kind of yeah it sucked I mean, okay. the guy, yes, no, I... Are you happy to say this publicly? Yes, I am happy to say this publicly. I, I won't talk about who the guy is or uh, what the video is. I have was, you got a pen name yet? I was very... I don't have a pen name yet. I think I'm I'm just going to go with... Blue Snowball? <gasps> no, Ted. I'm just going to go with Ted. Do you want to... Uh, a lot of writers um, will choose a well, no, name... But this guy said... This guy said a name with the same initials as their name and a se second name with the same initials, but a but a pen name. But a pen name. Do you have a second name? Yeah, it's Andrew. So it's T A T. It's Tab, Tab like soda can Tab. Ted tab. Andrew. Yeah, Theodore. Ted Theodore Andrew. No, just Theodore. 
Theodore. Like, and Theodore. Like Andrew. Ted, last name. Like Teddy Roosevelt. Yes, yes Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt and Bear Teddy. Andrew Orange Bajer. What about the so Ted, Teddy what about the Orange? Other Ted, 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 the, the crazy blow one. Blowjob. That's going to be my name. Teddy Orange Blowjob. That's, I think that'll the be the perfect snowball. name. The Blue Snowball. The Blue Snow... Yeah, the S. I could I could do TB. I could go the blue. That's tuberculosis. I could be... Oh, yeah. I could be tuberculosis. Okay. Uh, I'm getting, getting <laughs> confused now. We, we, right, we don't okay. get too many strands of conversation. So when I uh, was writing my script and this mm-hmm. guy had read it, I was very happy with the script that I had written. Uh, before I had even heard it, he had came back to me on the, like, the company website and talked to me and said that, like, this was a very difficult script for me to read. Like, he had a lot, a, a, a lot of trouble, uh, pronouncing the words and reading it correctly out loud on camera. And right. I was, I was very confused by that, first of all, uh, because I, because, well, I think because I was thinking of just how to get my ideas out more than I was thinking of how to get the ideas out of the throat and like how to pronounce them correctly. Is this part of why your name included the word blowjob? Yes, it's true. It's because everything, what matters really is what comes in and out of the throat. You know we're going to have to make this explicit now, like... Oh my word! It's okay. alright. Anyway, so but the guy, the guy mispronounced uh, Emmanuel Kant. He said Emmanuel Kant. And uh, first off, and the second, what was the second thing he did? I don't know. He did he did something else that was like, oh, it just made me it made me shiver. It wasn't good. I was like, why did you say why did you say this that way? It's because people are confused by Confucius, confounded by Camus. Discombobulated by Dostoevsky. Okay. They're embarrassed by Meister Erkart. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cont- Meister uh, Erkart, you have to say. Comprehend yep. Kant. Yeah. Can they? They'll can c- the complications. Keep it simple. Uh, okay. 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 Oh, that was big. Okay. Okay. Um, That's what she said. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. If you're going to get someone to do your audiobook, make sure they're actually competent. And okay, so did you get to give him any instructions? No, uh, I was right, allowed to give these them idiots out there. They don't know nothing. They're gonna pick up your. There's writing. someone hired by my company. They're There's not, someone they're that not, was hired yeah. by my editor and instructed exactly. by. So they're yeah. not. They're. I mean, even your reader, right? Oh your, yeah, your dear reader. Their low mentality. They're I guarantee like, you, my readers are idiots. I. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You hear that, readers? All of you are stupid. I'm telling you. Come at me. All right. Bring. Anyway, what I mean is, fight you. (laughs) Right. So uh, that's all good, well and good. But this is what I mean. The benefit of having someone to read your stuff out is because they might not necessarily read. You always read it a certain way in your head, but that doesn't mean that they're going to read it that way in their head. And it might you. It might alert you to the fact that they are, in fact, airheads and uh, may require assistance. Uh, yeah, it might yeah. help you to improve your writing to do that. Yeah. The other thing is, I was way more precious about showing it to readers before I started seeing how helpful it was for my editing. So 
now sometimes when I'm like, eh, that's not quite working out yet, I'll give it to my reader then, and then I'll it'll save me a lot of time. So that's one thing I advocate to help you if you've got the chronic over-editing problem that I have. Oh, that sounds good. Well, when when have you over-edited in the past? Well, always. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go. The first time I wrote a theatre review, I think I took two or three hours over it, probably closer to three. I've spent ages on it, maybe more than three hours. But that's okay, because you're trying to get the form, and I wanted to like really be good. Now I can write a theatre review in 20, 30 minutes that's way better than that one is. But it's like... I don't really have that much lust for writing theatre reviews. I don't really enjoy it anymore. If I ever enjoyed it, there's a whole mm-hmm. there's a whole other topic. Interesting there's, backstory. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to talk about that one day. Okay. Dorothy Parker wrote, "I hate writing. I love having written," and that's often the the feeling I get for writing for, from doing theatre reviews. I go to the show and I come back and go, "Oh, I need to write this thing." But but then once it was finished, it'd be like, oh, it's a bloody good piece, you know? All right. So um, it's an interesting thing. Did you want to come in with something there? No, 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 no. Keep going. So over-editing, gradually less and less because you gradually get better. It's good when things come out good first time, but you can't rely on it. But I definitely find still to this day, I spend myself find myself spending ages on one sentence and I'm... I think I'm satisfied with it. Then I just forget about that section, work on something else, and maybe a couple of weeks later I'm going back over that section and I put it right in like 30 seconds. Just, that. just like that. Or just one look, I rearrange it. So I'm trying to catch myself doing that. See when I'm just hacking away at the same paragraph over and over again. Maybe it's time to just leave it. Don't hack. If yes. there's any... If there's don't any, hack, yeah, don't don't be a hack and yeah. hack. Like, take a, take a, like, take and, a chill pill. Yeah, take a chill bro. pill. Go Come and, on, bro. Go and work at something else. Go and work on something else, even in the same essay. Excuse me. I think a big part of it is <laughs> is really um, work on the stuff that you know how to do, because it will illuminate the piece and then those bits that you're not quite sure if they're working or not will become easier to do because you've got more information Mm. once you've fully done like sometimes i've got three or four different ways of saying the same thing oh yeah and the best way to discover which version to use maybe i've saved them in my phone i've forgotten that i've written that bit already or totally develop each and every one of them you know finish the thought each and every one of the four times and either choose one of them or mix them up a bit how about your experience of editing what's your editing process like well it's strange that uh i I find it interesting that you say that you describe it in the way that you do because Mm -hmm. i think my editing process is like much different oh that's good uh from i don't think oh my god (laughs) i i I I don't recommend my editing process to anything to anyone i feel like it's something that that or anything or anything. If you're a if if you're a Twinkie out there and you're just writing, uh, you know if you've if you've become a, a sentient <laughs> hostess cake, and uh, you've picked up a pen and decided to become the next great. Uh, if you're a table author. or a chair. Yes. If you're the walls, I do not recommend. And someone has left a pen and paper on top of you. 
I don't recommend my editing process because it it's just. However, if you're a human, hmm. then, then I, I definitely don't. Oh, okay. I all right. All right. That's don't. even worse. Oh my! It's yeah. even it's even worse. No, it just happened. It wasn't a conscious process. If anything, I've tried to improve it and be less like. Don't be like me. Why am I like this? I often sometimes think. I think we all think that sometimes. I think that's the Why problem with like writers. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> right. As why am I like this? Well, I thought I, you were saying, I, I think a lot of us wonder why you're like this. Anthony. A lot of us wonder why you're like this, Anthony. All right. All of us are sitting back behind your back talking about you. Uh, no, oh, I ate them. I ate them all. I ate all the gummies. They don't know that. They're not on cam. <laughs> why don't you just incriminate yourself? Yes. Uh, just buy a subscription to find out who ate the gummies. Um, go to our Patreon at Go Write Yourself One Two Three. Um, anyway, and buy us some new gummies. And buy us some new gummies. We would really love some gummies. Yeah. Anyway, my editing process. Um, is my editing process. My editing process. My Ed Bajor. Yeah, yeah. My editing process by Ted Bajor. Uh, I couldn't remember all the other names. I mean, either. Um, I uh, I like to throw up a lot uh not physically but uh, like word vomit you know mm. like so when an idea strikes me i will like very much like uh just write everything as much as i can and i will think it is the greatest fucking thing that has ever been put to paper and oh, yes some ego i think it's i because am your name is theodore it's is that why is that my name it's such a my name just name is it I oh well, I don't. Uh, well, thank God I don't go by Theodore. Hmm. I never thought it was. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I'm sure my parents. Come on, Theodore is like very ostentatious. Oh, you're right. I shouldn't have named myself that. I'm so sorry. That's why people shortened it to Ted. Yeah, I mean that's why I shortened it to Ted. I I thought it was like I thought it was like a going. nobleman's. I am hello. Theodore. I am Theodore. But Please no bend called... and kiss the ring. But no one, no British people are called Theodore. It's always Americans. Really? It's not a popular name Weird. in the UK, in the British Isles. Very strange. Mm. Not that strange. I don't, well, it's strange to me, because I imagine it being uh, descended from... It's a Latin name, uh, and so I would imagine it comes from, you know, somewhere over here. Anyway, but, I'm sorry to derail you. So anyway. you vomit a bunch of shit onto the paper, which you think is amazing. Yes. And then... You just keep on going until you come to a puttering stop and you go, I'm tired now and I've drunk too much. Then you go to bed and you open it up <laughs> the next day. This is, my God, you're getting it so well. <laughs> you're describing it so accurately. I'm amazed. <laughs> and then you get up the next day and you look at this and you go, yeah, it wasn't quite on the level I thought it would be. <laughs> and then you start your editing process. Uh yeah, more or less. Would you? I think more more specifically, <laughs> I would say I don't always go until it's a puttering stop. Okay. Sometimes I uh leave myself little like depending on what it is, I'll leave myself little like seeds, little like mm. uh plot seeds or mm. or themes or like you can't stuff. fully explore everything. I can't fully explore everything. That's I will one of the notes. difficult things about a writer because everything goes into a tree and there's always little tangents you can go on here. Oh yeah. And. But but you can't develop every thought at once. Yeah, but that's the tough thing is that when you go, especially you when you're writing a longer piece, yeah, you have yeah. to choose uh, the order of the material. Yeah, 
that's one of the hardest things as an essayist and someone who writes especially as an essayist because you, essayist as an essayist you can yeah, yeah as an essayist and you can put it in a lot of essay yeah he's and let me the tell you folks he's essay. got the assiest essays i've ever seen um <laughs> but especially uh, that one about colorectal cancer <laughs> Which is real, folks. Which is, he's got a real essay about rectal cancer. Uh, so my point is, when all of these branches come off the tree, you can go off into a tangent, much as we do in the podcast, and you can develop any of these ideas, or you can stay in the main line. And then when you've got a bunch of arguments, you need to decide what's the most sensible way to present those arguments. And, present, and, and I always use this analogy, which I came up with myself, like, Nothing in life is linear. It's like a spider web. Everything, every strand relates to everything else. But the art of writing is to take that spider web and make one thread. You need to write in a linear fashion, even though you're writing about things that are not linear. And then people need to be able to reconstruct the spider web in their head. So um, I say it's kind of like flat packing IKEA furniture. But, you, oh, that's yeah. right. Yes, you brought yeah, this you up need to earlier. Put the, yeah. The, the whole, for, I keep, the whole you need to flat two pack, you need to flat pack, you, like I write about economics, for example, and economics, everything replies to everything else. It's, it's a, just a network of, it's, a, it's an amazing science, um, but you, you can't present it in an interrelated way. You need to make a linear progression. So you need to flat pack it like an IKEA furniture and then someone else needs to be able to reconstruct that accurately in their own mind, which is why I try never to just present one argument for a position, but a bunch of them and also anticipate objections to that position, which makes it even, which to uh, anticipate objections to each of those arguments, which makes it very complicated. But the idea is someone should be able to take something that it took me 10 years to learn and get a a good idea of that, that topic from that article and not feel like their That's, knowledge is incomplete and they've got a you know a very a basic understanding uh, i'd say i can't remember the word but it means like when just on the surface level surface level under they don't just, you could just say surface level understanding yeah i know they, they should feel like they've got a good ground they they can see it from more than one angle i say a panoramic view okay. that's why i make lots of different arguments yeah because you should be able to understand that topic well from a well-written piece not just um superficially yeah well, I think that's an excellent philosophy for uh -huh. uh, teaching someone, uh -huh. especially especially if you're mm -hmm. writing as well as like mm -hmm. that's the, your end product that you want to mm -hmm. come up with when you're editing. Right. Okay. And I think I, so I think you might need a, to try in the yes. editing stage different to order the material differently. Also, I think that's an excellent uh, goal to have for essay writing, mm -hmm. but not not necessarily for fiction writing. Yeah. Okay. So, so tell you're me about describing that. you're describing a, a kind of an environment, a three dimensional environment. Right. You know, with your IKEA furniture. Um, for if you're writing fiction, or if you're writing, uh, or even if you're writing uh, sitcoms like the the one you're working on, that is fiction. Yeah, that is fiction, and like a lot of them get described by the uh, the the story structures that a lot of mm -hmm. them come in. Like mm -hmm. you have you have the the hero's journey, and you have Cinderella's tale, and you have that save the cat thing that I was telling you about. Yeah, and, we're gonna cover that. Yeah, those I need to learn more about it before I can cover it, but. Um, 
But those, those, uh, they don't need to know that. They don't need to know that. And you won't. Speaking you won't because I'm going of... to edit it out. <laughs> Speaking of editing, you know, yeah. you don't want to give away, you don't need to necessarily give away certain things. That's right. We're going to cut out the bad parts like, like that. Yeah, like, you don't know. If you think this podcast is bad, <laughs> you should have seen what it was like before we edited it. Yeah, right? Oh, God, it was terrible. But the, the, the story structures are, like, described in shapes. Okay. Uh, you know, like, the hero's journey is a circle. Uh, Cinderella's tale is, like, a set of steps. Mm. Um, like, the, the save the cat is, like, two, uh, like, separating paths mm-hmm. that, like, kind of chase each other. Uh, so like that, in that sort of respect, like you have, you've got a much more two-dimensional view of a story, but it's because you're telling kind of like, I mean, most commonly in the, in the most simplest of terms, like a, a, a story from one person's perspective that's walking down, you know, a single path of, uh, of story that's like on their, on their little journey to do their little thing, whatever Mm -hmm. it be, whether it be to you know save the princess and kill the dragon or what have you or you know whatever it be to you know get et back to his home planet or like regardless so you have that like kind of singular perspective and there's a lot of tricks you can do with that with that line but it ends up being it's not so much uh you're, you're not creating an environment uh so much in the same way that you are when you're describing economics Mm -hmm. you're you're entertaining someone you're contextualizing a very limited like uh uh view of a very limited world that isn't you know that isn't real you know you've you've created this like little microcosm of something that doesn't exist that uh, you're just kind of you're, you're giving to someone to entertain them for a moment mm. and it's just it's more two-dimensional and more linear than uh, than a you know a complex study of like economics is if you're writing if you're writing a Dungeons and Dragons campaign that's a little bit more three-dimensional mm. that you have to plan out in three dimensions but like I mean that's just my experience uh, and you have to because when it comes to that, a lot of the times your choice isn't involved as the author. Yeah. The author has to be prepared for tons of things that could happen that they don't necessarily, you know, plan for. And, you know, regardless of, like, they can't be planned for everything, steering your characters one way or another, that's that's a little bit of an art form. Yeah, you need to kind of, if someone finds a, if someone comes up with something innovative, you need to be... Willing to change the MacGuffin story, yeah, yeah. And, and change change the storyline, but that could happen as well. I mean, not necessarily the storyline. One of the greatest writing experiences I had was was trying to write this scene. In fact, I procrastinated writing this scene for months because I was too scared. <laughs> it's a very scary scene uh, uh, that I wouldn't be able to do it right. But I had this idea that it had to go like. It started on C, and it's let's say it had to get to E, so it needed to go C or D E, right? But all of this A other and B stuff, were done? yeah. Let's say okay. so. Let's say all of this other stuff started coming in like N and X and F. I was like, whoa! I was like, whoa! Those letters aren't until way down the alphabet. Yeah, that's what you'd think. So I was like, 
I had one part of me that was like, oh, is this going to work? And I had another part of me say, chill out, just follow it, just follow it to its end. And I got this great feeling, which is my favorite feeling when I was writing plays, which is that the characters are just writing themselves. Oh, well, if he said that, then she'd have to say this. And the kind of person that he is, if she said that, he'd write this. So it was stuff that I hadn't planned, but I was really liking it. And then somehow, magically, at the end of the scene, it ended on me, just where it was meant to. Oh, my God. And I was like, yes, oh, it worked. Isn't that a beautiful yeah. feeling? Isn't so, that such a beautiful feeling? So that's about the... That's about not over-editing, because if you could step in and go, oh, no, this isn't the way that it's that I thought it was meant to go, I'm going to stop myself, and then you're stopping the flow. But if you allow that free expression, like you were saying, you like to vomit on the page, exactly, yeah. you can always edit it later, but what you don't want to do is over-edit yourself to the extent where you're blocking the creative flow. So I'd sometimes be like that on a bus, I'd have an idea, and I'd be like, I just need to put two lines in my phone. And I'll end up typing for ages, and I, I and I like and I'll leave bits out because it takes too long to type on my phone. Like it's better to be on a keyboard, but I like it because when I email it to myself and I bring it in a document and I edit it, it's already in a kind of sloppy note form, which allows me to then, um, like enhance it and work it up into something. And I also like writing by hand for that reason. Because yeah. if I write it by hand, yeah. I need to type it out. Yeah. And when I type it out, and I then need you're to thinking through it the, again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it always comes out better that way. I did that recently with a with a story that I've been writing that mm. like I'm working on uh really, really religiously actually. I'm really mm -hmm. proud of myself for it. But like the um I think the what but what's different from like because I never experienced that with this particular story mm -hmm. a lot of the times i do i love that like little magical flow where you get into a vibe and you're like oh my god i can do everything like i know exactly what's happening and it's great when that happens but like what was interesting with this is that i never experienced that mm -hmm. and then i was just going like vomit and then clean up vomit clean up vomit clean up vomit clean up, which is a terrible way to do things well i mean it's a good way to take care of a cat <laughs> well yes but turns out it's been decent for this story as well because i found that like with distance and i think distance is the keyword is my keyword here uh i would say that like when i uh move back and forth when i'm like really really close to like to the work and it's you know happening really really well uh, that's great. When I can't quite get the work going, I have to step back and go do something else for a minute and like take a walk, cook a meal, like just chill out and then come back to it mm. and start it again. And yeah, yeah, that's so important to get yeah. fresh eyes on something. Yeah. And sometimes a whole project... And that project, distance helps so much. I usually work on two projects at once because sometimes something gets too close to me and I can't actually look at it with fresh eyes. Oh, yeah. So I go on Definitely. to the other thing. But, um, so a couple of things. One is, yeah, when I was at uni, that really helped because when I had to write assignments, yeah, I, like everyone else, I tend what to... What, the strategy, the strategy of distance or like the... I, I just, I'm just kind of, um, yeah, I definitely do that. But what I do is I'd first throw everything in, like any quote I, I, I intended to reference, I just throw it in. Any little paragraphs I'd written, I just throw them all in one document mm. and then 
I kind of saw it as like a nebula turning into a star. Ooh. I started wheat. That was that's one of the that's quite a beautiful metaphor, yeah. Thanks. Like I'd be starting yeah. wheat, taking all the strands. Okay, where does this bit go? Oh, shit. I still got that paragraph down mm. here that I never finished. Well, that could go in those two. And sometimes, you know, the amount of material in that document would far exceed the word count because I had all these, you know, bits that I'd that's written. That's always a big problem. Uh, links. I'd have big copied pasted chunks of wikipedia god forbid or just no or just like i bits that i transcribed from other people almost verbatim hanging out there mm. so that i could engage with it or put something in it of it in my own words with my own thoughts like and i just loved that weaving process which would require that mm. sit down do what i can good hour and a half or whatever it was, then leave it, then come back. And and gradually, gradually, it would get to the point where I was like, all right, that's, you know, pretty good. Yeah. Um, just what, like, and I think the weaving yeah. metaphor is a really good, like, is, is an ancient right. metaphor, especially for writing, because, like, when you have uh, things like, like the ancient Greeks with mm. the loom of fate and everything, mm. like, and, like, I always think about when I get that weaving feeling, mm -hmm. Is this is like this is something that people long before myself mm -hmm. have felt mm -hmm. about about telling stories mm -hmm. and about weaving plots together mm -hmm. and about creating uh, you know this like uh, this thing that you get at the end of the at the end of the day when you're finished writing. I think that the what we create when we what we do when we write is we contextualize our existence. Uh, that's true. You know. Whether you're contextualizing economics or I'm contextualizing like a a, a moral lesson in 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 a fairy tale, right? You know. So another um, story about editing, I think I like. I I remember finding it very moving at the time. Was <clears throat> excuse me, about to burp. weave a yarn. Oh, so spin a yarn. Spin a yarn. When I was writing my ebook, Procrastination Annihilation, it's very good. You can get it from Amazon. <laughs> it's very um, good. Buy it now. Buy it now. Uh, Buy it now. <laughs> there might be a PDF hanging around the internet for free. Um, there we go. Anyway, I was very. I tried to keep it short, and I did. I'm rewriting it now because I've got so much more in procrastination and how to defeat it. Aha. Um, but yeah, I remember. We should do an episode on procrastination, definitely. Okay, maybe we can talk about that next yeah, time or next the time, time after or something. Yeah. We 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 always come up with our next show topics on the show. I know, right? In the middle. Yeah. Of, well, it's good because then whoever's listening can be like, "Oh, I'm gonna listen to that." Oh, uh, yeah, that's good. All right. So procrastination, annihilation. There was these four, five sections that I had in the book, which were about different aspects of the psychology of procrastination. One was perfectionism, one was a sort of like, oh, if I can't do it all now, then there's no point doing it at all because I can't trust myself not to finish it tomorrow, and such and such. And I remember, I think it was either the fourth one or the fifth one, but I remember hacking away at this day after day. I would get up, I would get into the condition where I could work on it for my first session, and I wasn't as conscientious a writer back then as I am now I often really needed to drag myself to it right so that that's um how le much less procrastinatory I am now than I was then <laughs> but um his book works people 
It really does. I got a lot of good feedback from it. People said, wow, reading this book was like you were reading my mind. And a lot uh-huh. of people credited it with helping them become more productive. So I was really touched by it, actually, because I'm a very big critic about the self-help industry. Okay, that, okay. Stop. That's a topic from another time. Is how much the self-help industry sucks? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, don't, yeah. I like The Power of Now. I read The Power of Now. No, that's I thought good. it was really yeah, good. That's yeah, that's like spiritual. But I'm not saying there's no self-help books. I was just skeptical that a self-help book could really help someone that much. But people claimed that it helped them. So, uh, but I I digress. So one day I got up and I looked at it. This is after days and days of like trying to hack away at the same like 2,000 words or whatever it was. And one day I get up, maybe I got a cup of tea, and I look at it and I'm like, hmm, that's reading pretty good now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it was good because see when I was editing it so hard yeah. sometimes I didn't know am I making this better or worse yeah. am I just switching the sentences around and then switching them back the way I kept maybe oh, it's yeah. not even getting any better honestly that's what it felt like so when I woke up one day and I was like mm, that's reading pretty good now, right now <laughs> I was like such a great relief and then you know I maybe finished it over the next couple of days Maybe that was a time where I should have left it and looked at something else. But in that case, that I was much less experienced then than I am now. So it was a big deal. Mm. You know, it was kind of like a threshold experience waking up that <laughs> day, day. You know, I'm sure it is. That away. I think it's difficult to determine. Uh, you know, I think this is an important question as well: is what are you done? Mm. You know, like uh, yeah, because was it George Lucas said? Um, Films aren't finished; they just get away, or something like that. No, yeah. no, that's not George Lucas. That's uh, like art isn't uh, finished; it's only abandoned. Who, who is that? Um, uh, I thought George Lucas said something like that because he kept on editing Star Wars, and the fans kept on getting pissed off at him. Lucas added, "So rather than live with my abandoned movies, I decided to go back and complete them." The fans were not pleased. All right, yeah, it was. Uh, he took it from a famous Da Vinci quote. Which oh. is art is never finished, only abandoned. Uh, I mean, yes. but Da Vinci. I mean, you can't really compete with him, can you? I mean, nobody's asking George Lucas to compete with Da Vinci, but uh, Da Vinci never made Star Wars either. So that's true. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, if you if Lucas got Da Vinci in the writers' room for Star Wars. <laughs> It'd be much different. It would be. There would be tons of religious allegory in there that uh, I don't think we would be expecting. Hmm. So I mean, I mean, there's lots of ways to go with this. So this, because I, I already want to start talking about religious allegories and how. Well, no, no, no. We're we're talking about how like, how we know it's finished. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good point. And yes. one of the things I really like about having a Substack is Substack. You don't know Substack. What Substack? I can't believe you don't have a Substack. This oh is important God. for you guys, writers at home as well, who might not know. Ladies Ted is Ted is just <laughs> being the, the the dumb man here. He he knows full well what Substack is. No, I, I legitimately stop, don't. Shush, no, okay. stop, stop revealing your lack of expertise to the audience. <laughs> Earlier on, you told them what was it that you don't even know what. What's the thing about the cat is? I don't know what a lot of things are, all right? Like, <laughs> they don't have to know that the truth. There are known knowns they don't have to... and known unknowns, but there are also unknown unknowns, okay? They don't need to know that we're faking it. As far as they're concerned, we're hey, experts. Fair enough. As we far have a as podcast. We have a podcast. That means we're experts. Automatically. Oh, God. Okay. Anyway, 
Anyway, no, I, no, this is a good opportunity. Substack was a good innovation, I think, because it's a cross between a newsletter, because remember everyone used to have a mailing list, and a blog. Remember everyone used to have blogs. So it mails out your blog, basically, and people can subscribe, and they can even have paid subscriptions Ooh. if they want to schlang you some dollar and you can give them privileges. So it's kind of good because people need a mailing list and people need a blog and it rolls them all into one. Oh, and you can create your own and like have yeah. like a... Okay. Yeah, not only can you, I've actually done it. My God. Right. Is that true? It is true. It's You can find my Substack. Okay. So, and I highly recommend you do. How to so, find your Substack. Wait, the... But before we, we, this gets like a big old, you know, a masturbatory... Uh, uh, I'm going somewhere with this carnival for somebody like Substack in general. We should probably talk about like your specific Substack and how they can find it. Oh, okay. You know, so they, uh, so that way, uh, that way they can continue, you know, seeing how much of an expert you are. Psychosocial.substack.com. Psycho, like psycho. <laughs> <laughs> That's Social. a great way of telling them that. Yeah. <laughs> Social, like. Social. Uh huh. Um, and what I like about it is a lot of the time I put excerpts from what I'm writing up as articles. Yeah. So that means by the time I'm getting feedback and by the time I get the book out, mm. I will have gone back and edited those again and they'll be better than they originally appeared uh-huh. in the original form. Okay. You could say, well, people go, I'm going to buy your book, Anthony, because, because you're such a jerk and I don't like you. <laughs> no, because you put it all out for free in a piecemeal fashion in your Substack. Okay. And to them I say, shame on you. How dare you? How dare you get things for free just because you're poor? <laughs> <laughs> I think people who are going to buy the book are going to buy the book because they want to support me. So I don't really mind putting excerpts of it out. For free that's good uh, it doesn't really bother me yeah um i'd say that's the way to do it and uh, and yeah it, the the thing is it means that people can point things out so that gets over the when is it done it's done when the book is done because i can't stand looking at it anymore fair enough all right that's I, that's i'd say that's a perfectly respectable way to finish your book mm-hmm. Because if you can't, if you've been working on it for so long and you're like, this is a finishing point. And... Unfortunately, I've got like 10 unfinished books because I can't stand the sight of them and they're not out. I mean, don't we all? But uh... millions of unwritten words, some of my best material. Well, I... <laughs> Unpublished words. Okay, all right, calm down, books. calm down. It's okay. You'll I get back you... there one day. Maybe. It's always there. It's always waiting. Mm-hmm. I have that's an entire folder. I look. That's I have that, an entire folder that, called the wine cellar. It's always there. It's always waiting. That's why I'm in therapy. See, so check it out. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's always waiting, lurking under your bed. Um, I have like a, a yeah. I've gotten in total a, a a whole pack of like stuff like waiting for me. But uh, what I was talking about specifically is when is editing done? When oh, right. is yeah. When are you finished editing and when when can you call I just your feel book? like I like the tone and there's some things that I need to let go, but it was like that thing that was hammering away in Procrastination Annihilation where I was like, oh, that reads pretty good now. Now I'm rewriting Procrastination Annihilation and I can see that I can improve on those sections a lot better. 
a lot of the time I had little stories and I was just throwing them away, telling the story in one or two paragraphs. I'm a much better storyteller now, so I, I can expand that one paragraph into a couple of paragraphs. And yeah, it's not as economical, but it's much more pleasant to read and it's more emotionally engaging. So it depends on your level, you know. You might go back to read something from five years ago and think you could write it better now, but you're satisfied that it represents your voice and says what you're trying to say in a way. For me, it's a real visceral feeling. I mm. feel words in my body. And if something's confusing and it makes my mind tighten, mm. then I, I don't I don't like the feeling that I don't need to That edit. sounds like a very poor feeling to feel. Yeah, I need to edit it more. Yes. Because I'm, I'm I feel But I, feel I think like, it all comes down to I feel evaluating like a consternation yourself. Consternation in my mind. Consternation. I'm trying not to evaluate. What are you myself. an 1860s like Colorado gold prospector? Consternation. Consternation. <laughs> I just like to use big words i suppose no it's i'm constant i'm not i'm not slagging you for that like consternation is a solid word and it should be used more but uh it's it's also just funny to hear it in average conversation i didn't know that only colorado and gold pre prospectors it just sounds like something that they would say <laughs> out <laughs> their giant blown out blunderbuss like rocking back and forth on their uh on their rocking chair waiting for that uh waiting for that gold to come with a yeah. with a look of consternation with a look of consternation on their face right right uh it's quite southern from a for a colorado Anyway, well, so, it's more, it's more well, well, how do you know that you're done editing it? I mean, so for for stuff that I didn't care as much about, I could, I could be like, eh, that's good enough. But I'm not very good at doing that mm. in general. Fair enough. That makes I mean, sense. A lot of people said if it was eighty percent good enough, then that then uh, people who are good at getting stuff out just go. If it's eighty percent, do you know what? It would be good to get it to that level and just I mean, hand it off to an editor like i mean yeah if everybody had an editor it'd be great yeah if, if i had an editor it'd be great if i don't have an editor which i don't then mm -hmm. uh what i would do uh, what i did was i released a book and one of my friends uh, whom i gave a copy to mm -hmm. sent me an email with 42 minor spelling and grammar edits <laughs> then i went on amazon kdp and updated the manuscript so i got free editing nice really <laughs> they well, weren't the only per people who emailed me uh with, well there you go you can just errors. do that and uh, I, I don't actually think that's a bad idea these days because you just never know how many i've got several people i send my stuff to mm -hmm. and they they come back with comments and things yeah i'm normally responsible for looking out for the minor spelling and grammar er edits but uh how do you know when your editing's done when my editing's done mm -hmm. uh i feel like my editing's done uh, I mean, it'll take a long time. Hmm. Uh, like, there will be length between when my drafts are finished and several rewrites, because I'll, I'll do the word vomit, I'll wait. Uh, I'll probably complete the word vomit into a solid, you know, finished first draft. And then I'll give it, you know, minimum, minimum a week, uh, probably more, before, well, before I'll turn around and look at it. To, to... Well, I don't do that. 
you know, Orson Scott card the science fiction. Well, it's because writer. every time you say you go and look back at one of your manuscripts, like you you see something different that you would like to change, right? Yeah. I'm trying to preempt that before well, that's I good. publish it. I was just thinking, I think um, Orson Scott card the science fiction author, said he'd like come up with an idea for a book, um, write a few chapters, then just sit and not touch it for over a month. Oh yeah, and then he just sat down and hack it out the whole book in three months, um, uh, and and that's and, and that's yeah, impressive. Yeah, yeah, he just boom 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 boom, and then and then edits it because he needed that time to sit. once he'd written the few first few chapters, mm. he needed that time to sit and chew on the plot in his head. Mm-hmm. So people work. I've done that's that very before. Interesting. Uh, I people work in different like, ways. Yeah. I definitely feel like every time I write something, it, it ends up being a little bit different. I've taken years to finish songs. Oh, yeah. I will, like, write a chorus or a verse or a verse and chorus that I really like, and I will not touch it for years, and then I'll come up with an idea for a second verse. See? So you know so, you know what he's talking about. Yeah, I, yeah. I just, I've been writing this song. I don't write songs very much anymore, but I've been writing this song for at least two years and I was just um, singing at the piano the other day, and I came up with an instrumental section for it. That just like this has been like one a chorus here, a verse there, mm-hmm. the middle section at a different time, writing it on guitar while I was in India, mm-hmm. coming back to Scotland, moving over to the pa- pa- piano, writing it on the piano. So everyone has a different process. What I mean, you... do you see like do you see the amount like the, the these are the these are the current projects i have oh, yeah. well uh, like yeah, this like a, not not regarding like what's in here and what's they can't in there see what i'm looking at i know but he's i have just got a, his desktop open very and minimal got, like got just a word documents yeah. word documents on there that's so, just like what's present in my mind at right, the moment that's good I, i'm mr tab i've got so i've always got so many things open let me ask you a question do you have any stories of times you were editing something and you learned something important about editing that you still apply Hmm. Um. Apart from that, that mode of distance and and being able to walk away from something. Not e- a single incident where you were editing one article and you learned something. No, I never learned anything. Wow, interesting. No. Um. It shows. Not yes, thank you. So you just yes. walk into these. Yeah, I know. I don't really mean to be so cruel to Ted. Theodore. But somehow he always <laughs> finds a way to. He just, I wonder why. He leaves the goal wide open. So it's, okay. some, it's because I think my friends will respect me, but then they don't. Do you write to a word count? Yes. So do you find that having the limit of the word, like a lot of the time in uni, I had to cut back essays because I had more material. I also have an editor. So you do have an editor. So I tend not to edit my articles. Oh, that's good. Ninety percent of the time, I will churn out like I'll write when I'm drunk. I'll mm. write when I'm tired. I'll write if I'm writing. I didn't the, used to be able stuff, to. to write, I don't care about but, it. But I've worked on it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty. I'm only pretty decent at writing years, drunk now. I, only in the last couple of years was I really able to do it. So I think I, I can and write even drunk then, not fairly drunk, well. Sometimes I can, I write, can write drunk better than I can write sober. See, I, I, that's the thing. I don't. Well, have... not, not like drunk, not like falling over my face on the computer drunk. Nothing puts me easily in the flow state of writing, uh, substance-wise. Not that I've done any illicit substances. No, certainly not. Uh, Both but of us like, are completely if you sober. think F. Scott Fitzgerald, I mean, he wrote The Great Gatsby and all his great novels and short stories. Drunk as a skunk. 
you think, well, maybe he just couldn't do it sober, but when he was drunk, he just relaxed and, and he got into the flow state. And I think maybe if maybe I'd be like uh, Philip K. Dick taking amphetamines if they <laughs> if they if they helped me write, you know. But nothing got. Oh, like, that's how I got to university. Coffee, I took so I'm, many amphetamines in college. Did you? Oh yeah. So many. Yeah, I'm I mean, sorry. I, I, I had a. I, I, I knew a guy. I didn't who take. Was, who was I didn't a, take any amphetamines in college. Who was a very prolific writer, and um, he took a lot of amphetamines. But the thing is, everyone um always gave him positive reinforcement because he was so prolific. They were like, "Wow, you wrote." So X books and X years. How do you do it? You're like a machine. I was so on was, so yeah. many drugs. I, yeah, he's basically getting positive reinforcement for his dysfunctional behavior. Yeah, it was quite sad. Yeah. So that tends to happen. So be careful with the, drug use, kids. The, the reason I was going to ask you if you had a word limit was because I find that something that might that's annoying at first, but might help with your editing because a lot of the time I'm trying to compress my material into not tons of pages because I want... I well, I mean, I, I, I don't, don't always do... have a word limit. Right. You know, it, it, again, it depends on what but you're But does writing. it help you with editing? Uh, Stick to the theme, Ted. No, it doesn't. I thought you were asking me how, how it I helps was. my editing my articles. Uh, no, I, wa I, was, I was asking if it affected how you edit your articles. Well, now I'm confused. Like, because for me, see when I've got that word limit or say I want this... I want one section to take up no more than three pages of the book. Yeah. Because if I don't keep a leash on myself, then the book's going to be really much longer than I want it to be. Yeah. And few people will buy it because yeah. people like short books. So sometimes that forces me to look at the material and see if I can strip out sentences or summarize a paragraph mm -hmm. into fewer words which I would not necessarily do right. if I yeah. had an unlimited number of pages. The company I write for limits my articles to a thousand words. Right. So it doesn't matter how long I want to write them. And most of the time, I need to write as many as possible in order to make rent this month. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'll only write 800, which is the minimum number of words, mm -hmm. and so send them right off. Right. Okay. So I'll do... You however, have, if I'm writing you something... You have to, speak to, uh, to call these people... Huh. Yes, those no, people are. I think if, if I'm writing something myself, if I'm writing a screenplay, uh -huh. thirty pages for like the rule is uh, one page per minute, mm -hmm. uh, roughly. Roughly, yeah. obviously, but yeah, thirty minutes per thirty thirty minutes per pilot episode, ninety minutes roughly per movie, mm -hmm. uh, and something something of a different genre, you know, determines a different uh, length. But, uh, I mean, when you're writing prose, pretty much anything's game. Mm. Well, I mean... It's just I a matter of how much novel. you want it to be good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when I... And the, you clearly have some, some sort of uh, standard you hold yourself to. Uh, a very high standard. Oh, <laughs> a little bit oh too my. High. Oh, my. I'm sorry. Right, a little I'm, bit too I'm high. I'm sorry. Should, should, I, should I... Please... Kiss, kiss your butthole closer to the rim, sir. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 I'm sorry. Oh... Oh, oh, yes, oh, ew, oh, delightful. I'd rather you just, <laughs> sorry, read one of my pieces and went, 
that turned out I have read good. your pieces. They are anyway, good. The point is, you, you when, I say, when I say a high standard, I don't mean I hold myself to such a high standard. I'm such a great writer. Although I think I am a pretty good writer. <laughs> what I mean is, I feel like those exacting standards can cause perfectionism, which causes over-editing. I was trying to tie it into the main theme, Ted. All right, can you do it without being an asshole? <laughs> <laughs> maybe if you kiss the asshole closer to the rim 